0: Welcome to the APAC Prophetic Women's Conference 2020, a company of women living at the feet of Jesus Christ and radiating His love to the world around them. This conference is organized by Streams International Church, a church that started in Townsville in 2007 and has now reached Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide and Port Moresby. For more information, visit www.streams.org.au or call 1300 361 971. You are about to hear an inspiring message from the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ that will change your life forever. Prepare your spirit and tune into God's Word.
1: purpose. I told you how I started the journey of purpose. I told you that you have purpose and that you can begin to work in your purpose right now, right now, right now. So um, remember, worship team, you can, you can rest for um, a little bit. Remember that purpose is something that is not for you. Purpose is for somebody else. And purpose is within the bigger purpose of God. So whatever it is that God tells you to do or blesses you with, it's not for you. If it is for you, it's not purpose. That's your own thing. Those are the things that troubled my heart when I was young. I said, "Lord, you know, when I was growing up, I was looking forward to finish university. I finish university. I come here and I do another university. And then after that, I'm working. So I used to think, so it means that I should just be able to own this car. I bought a car while I was in Malawi, and I should have this nice car, and I should have this this nice house, and I should just be having my child and my children in the car. Is that all there is really to this life that I have been so much looking forward to? I said, no. There is no way I can make any impact if everything I have is just for me and my family. No way. No way. So I, I, I said, no, there must be something. And then as I, uh, I told you, as the Lord began to teach me, he showed me everybody that God called to give purpose, it was never for them. Never. It was for somebody else. And because you are doing the thing for somebody else, you get to benefit just because you are working for God. That's all. That's all. Just because you are working for God, you get blessed because you are to bless other people. God provides for you so that because he's providing for his purpose, not you. He's not after one person. God is after families, nations. He's he's never after one person. God is a business-minded person. Well, person, not person. But God is business-minded. He's a business-minded God. When he takes you, one you, and gives you a purpose, he's thinking of the crowd that is behind you, not just you. So, always remember that you can never get selfish. If the small money you get, you only use it for yourself. You will never go anywhere. Never. Never. If you say that I want God, if you say my purpose, God has blessed me so that I can bless other people. You know me, I can build houses and if I had the millions, I would have bought houses for people. And you can't pay today somebody's one week rent, then forget it. Because the amount that you have today, you can use it for something. For the same purpose God has made you for. So how do we begin to work in our purpose today? I told you that follow the thing that your heart is, is telling you to do. Follow your gut feel. Follow things that are moving you. So when you are placed in a church like this one, and there are certain things that are moving you, certain ministries that are moving you, or at your workplace, certain things are moving you. You are feeling like, I need to be the one doing this. Know that I am here for this purpose. And I said, purpose is many things. So things will get defined as you walk. Are you hearing me, somebody? Things will get defined as you walk. As you take one step after the next, things will be defined. When we started the church in Townsville, the Papa started with four people. When I came to the church, I think there were about six or something. Or ten maximum. When I came to the church back from Malawi. But it was just one step after the next step. God will just direct you what to do. And God will bring people. Are you hearing me, somebody? So start small. Start wherever you are. Today, start small. If you feel like I need to bless people, I'll be giving. Start giving small, small now. When it is mentioned in the church, we are doing something for orphans, be the first one. If you believe that your impact is for orphans, be the first one to do it. Doesn't matter what amount, God sees the heart. He knows that you are doing it because it's your ministry. Begin to take things as ministry. How do you advance your purpose? I said that it is in doing that your purpose gets bigger. But there is a way that you can advance the purpose. And that is by taking opportunities when they present themselves. You know, when God has called you to something or God wants you to do something with your life, he will present the opportunities in your face. You need to be courageous to take that opportunity. Be courageous. Take the opportunity that God puts in front of you. Are you hearing me, somebody? The opportunities will come. The opportunities will come. Actually, I was thinking about my life. Some of the things that I do in ministry, some people say, oh, mama is so fearless. No, it's not that I am fearless in the way that you think, but it's courage. Sometimes I do things while I'm afraid. Are you hearing me, somebody? Paul said to Timothy, Paul said to Timothy, he said, The Lord has not given you the spirit of fear, but the Lord has given you a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, listen to this point. Why would Paul need to tell Timothy what was inside of him if it was operating by default? Are you there? He didn't have to tell him if he has a spirit of of love, of power, and of a sound mind, he shouldn't be having fear, right? But he was being told because he had fear. He was being told that the spirit of fear is not what God has put in you. Are you hearing me? So the thing is, that fear shows up because it's part of your flesh. But you conquer it by yielding to the spirit. So you start stepping out when you are still afraid. But it's in the middle of doing the thing that the fear leaves you because the spirit takes over. Are you hearing me, somebody? You start by courage, then you become fearless. Because if you sit down waiting to become fearless, it will never happen to you. Even if it's in business, you step out with courage. If it is in ministry, you step out with courage. Because you never know, You you, you can't see tomorrow, but you trust God by faith for tomorrow to be okay. It's courage. They are opportune. You know, David, for him to become a king, he saw Goliath. He was not coming to battle to fight. Uh Uh-uh. He saw Goliath. He said, I have what it takes to defeat this man. Let me take the opportunity to defeat this man. So that all of Israel can see I'm king material. Are you there, somebody? He wouldn't have fought if those people were standing up and rising up. But he saw his opportunity. He's like, I've been anointed king but nobody knows about me. How about I take out this giant? And then the women began singing. You know women? Saul has killed, ten th- uh, has killed thousands. But David has killed 10,000. It, be- it made him famous. And people started talking. This one is king material. Are you hearing me somebody? It's courage. You you know that God is going to help me. You know what God said to Jeremiah when Jeremiah said, oh Lord, I am such a child. Jeremiah said, uh, I mean, God said to him, don't say you are such a child. You will go and you will speak what I have told you. Don't be afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid of people. Don't be afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid to take a chance in that business. If God is telling you to do it, take courage. It is in the doing that you discover ah, I can also have an online shop. Ah, I can also sell that product. Ah, ah. Big be- customers begin to ask you, do you also sell this? Do you also sell that? But it doesn't find you sitting down, folding your legs, waiting for a miracle. Courage. Let me tell you some things about myself. Do you know the first time I preached in the open air in Townsville, it was because Papa traveled unexpectedly and there was a gap and I had to be courageous. We planned everything and I was busy planning, knowing that this is not going to be me. Are you hearing me? The first time in Townsville, we decided to go on the, at the most popular place. It's called the Strand. Where everybody goes to, the first time we said we're going to preach in this place at Streams International, we were planning it with Papa. Okay? I was busy planning because it was not going to be me standing there. But he had to travel that same, same week. We, there was no time to postpone it or anything. And I said, I'm not going to put this thing on anybody, on any of the leaders, whatever. I will do it. It just took courage. I was afraid at the beginning. But my God, when I stood there, I saw the strength of the Lord strengthening my spirit. I stood up and I preached. I preached to those in the cafeterias, those walking down the the, 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 the place there, walking up and down. I preached to them like nobody's business. (laughs) My God, my God, my God. Let me tell you another testimony. There was a lady, she was testifying. She just had a child. You may remember the testimony. I remember she, she used to, you know, she will conceive. And then at the time when the pregnancy should settle, after three months, you're getting to four months, she begins to feel pain in her tummy, then bleeding, then miscarriage. This girl went through a terrible time, okay? Now, the last time it happened, Papa prayed for, for, for them and said that, you know, you are going to have your child. And she conceived indeed. Around that same time, she began to feel pain in her stomach. I remember we had a night of prayer. Papa was not here. He was in Pretoria. He couldn't be reached. Um, and so we had a night of prayer. She called, the husband called me, said that my wife cannot even sleep. She's just turning around. And I remembered the story of how it happens. And I'm thinking, I will be the one to handle this situation. I prayed over the phone with the lady. I said, it's going to be well. And I continued with the night of prayer, believing God. I continued, I continued. And then in the morning... We went back home, you know, after night of prayer. You sleep a little bit and then you wake up. When I woke up, I was woken up. Just a few minutes later, they called me. They said, we are on our way to the hospital. She's bleeding. We are going to the emergency. The exact, exact, exact thing that happens. And the devil spoke into my mind and said, that's a miscarriage that's happening. And I, I, I was about to kneel down to begin to pray for them. God said, don't kneel down don't kneel down get into the car right now call them tell them not to get into the into the doctor's office until you meet them so I told my my kids my boys boys let me just go to the hospital I called them I say have you gotten into the mail? they say we are just arriving we are at the car park I said don't get in I'm coming so I got there, we got to a secluded place. I commanded that pregnancy. I said, you will stay in the name of Jesus. I commanded the demon to live in the name of Jesus. And I commanded the bleeding. I said, stop now in the name of Jesus. Then I said, now go to the doctor and verify that bleeding has stopped. They went to the doctor and they found the doctor said, bleeding has stopped, Baby is breathing, everything is fine and i told them before they went there after i i prayed to stop the bleeding, i said you will hold that baby in your hands and you will testify do you remember that she said that when she was testifying i said to her because at that point there was an opportunity it presented itself and i had to be courageous and i said that i'm not i'm not gonna be here on my watch on my watch to let this happen it's not happening I'm here for a reason are you hearing me somebody you grab the opportunity yeah. I remember another gentleman in Townsville came you know in Townsville the uh, Townsville uh, people will know that I, I do not prophesy I wasn't prophesying much in Townsville because I know all of those people they know me it's hard for me to say something To them, even though I will know that I can prophesy this thing, but I have a huge background of the people. So I would rather minister in other ways, except when they are visitors and all that. Now, this man walked in to church that day, and um, I knew that he was a new person. And this time, you know, I'm just learning these things. I don't even know my right hand from my left hand. So they came. And uh, he came, and after the service, he had heard, this is a prophetic church. Papa was not there. They had learned, this is a prophetic church. So, he came, and um, so I was like, he came to my office. He said he wanted to see me. So then he was like, "Um," I started asking him, I'm like, ah, so what are you doing in Townsville? He said, well, you are the prophetess, you tell me. (laughs) He said, isn't this a prophetic church? And at that time, I don't know my left hand from my right hand. (laughs) You know, when David was anointed, he didn't know, am I king, am I not king? You know, you have been prayed for, you don't know what's going on. So an opportunity is presenting itself, but I know it's because the man was sincere. He was not trying to mock me or make fun or anything. He was quite sincere in his search, so I know. That's the reason why God did something for him. So I sat there thinking, okay. So I prayed the most sincere prayer you can think about to the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I said, Holy Spirit, open up my eyes. I want to see what's in this man. (laughs) My goodness. The Lord honored my prayer. My eyes became opened. And I began to tell him why he had come to Townsville. I told him, you are not here to join a church. You are not looking for a church. You move from church to church. Because your, your, your purpose is not for you to join somewhere and sit down. You are a revivalist. You are going to churches. The man, by the time he left, he saluted like this. And I'm telling you to the glory of God. I'm not telling you for you to see even in Tanzu, they don't know that that's what happened. Because I just walked out of the office and went to my house thinking, my God opportunities presented for me to grow in my ministry are you hearing me yours may be something different but an opportunity will come up take the risk that's how you advance now some other people may ask this question they are saying you know what for me i am a mother And you are telling me about purpose, that I need to walk in my purpose. But I've got little children, and I'm busy babysitting and feeding them, and I have no time to do anything. I've got an answer for you. That raise your children at the time that you're raising them. Raise them as a ministry. Raise them as a ministry. Are you hearing me? The raising of children that you are doing is the biggest ministry, more than the ministry I'm doing right now. Because the church is missing young people. Because there is a certain generation that has not raised their kids to know the Lord. Come on, somebody. Imagine if every parent who knows the Lord was serious to raise their kids to know God. It's because we don't take it as a ministry. Because that age is so innocent, and everybody is trying to put things in these children's lives. Think about a clean slate. Everybody is trying to put something in there. And you as a mother, my God, you have to pray. You have to travel for your children. You have to force them to read the Bible. You know, me with my kids, whether they like it or not, they just know mom does this, and they have gotten to a point of surrendering because I haven't given up. Are you hearing me? Raise your kids as a ministry. Speak to them. Tell them, talk to God from three years old, from four years old. Ask them, what is God telling you? From that age, maybe I'm talking to somebody online. Ask a four year old, what is God telling you? You will be surprised. They hear God, the children. Sometimes they will sit down and they will tell you dreams. Are you hearing me, somebody? They will tell you dreams, what God is telling them. You know, Mary, the Bible says that when Jesus, when things were said to her, she kept in her heart. What the child Jesus was saying, she kept in, my, in her heart. And she knew this is a great person. This is a great child. This is a savior. The things the angel put in the heart. You can know that this, my child, there is something on this child. Nature Nature it. You know, a lot of of women in the Bible were not doing spectacular things. They were just raising their children in the way of God. Talk about Sarah was raising Isaac to know God. Talk about the mother of Moses. She saved the life of that child. And when they went to live in in Potiphar's house, she was nursing the baby and teaching the baby of his culture and the God of Israel. Are you hearing me, somebody? These children are a big ministry, which is why the devil tries to get children aborted in the womb. Because this generation is a prophetic generation. The babies we have today, the children we have today, because of the kind of darkness that needs to be fought, they are prophetic children. They need to kill the giants. So do it as a ministry. Spend time with the children with joy. And teach them the Bible. Teach them the Lord. Teach them things of God. Teach them to prophesy. Tell them, tell me what God is saying about mom. About you. They will tell you things that will shock you. And they will not ask you, what do you mean? What is God saying? They know. I know by teaching Sunday school, the higher you get in the ages, if I take the older class, it's becoming harder and harder for them to understand when I say listen to God. But when I take the younger kids, they don't ask me the question. I say talk to God and tell me what God is saying. They say it straight away because you know what? Listening to God is natural. It's a natural thing. It should be a natural thing to you as well. Are you hearing me, somebody? Let me finish by saying how to never lose any time in your life anymore. So now I have told you that whatever you do, if you know God has moved me, I have felt in my heart. Just know that I'm walking in my purpose. Don't ask any questions anymore. Just know God will make this thing big. Now, number one thing. You know, there are some things that please God, regardless of whether you want to say, is this the right thing I must be doing, or is this not the right thing? You know, there are some things that just please God. And if you do those things, it's like a hack. It's like a hack. Do you know IT hacking? You find a shortcut to still please God, whether you know what you're doing or not. These things are like hacks that I'm telling you right now. You can go the back way and please God for the rest of your life. Are you hearing me? Number one, the Bible says in Colossians 3, 23 to 24. I'm finishing now. Colossians 3, 23 to 24. And we're going to pray. We're going to get into a time of prayer very shortly. So that we can just prepare our spirits. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Colossians, Colossians. Thank you, Jesus. Colossians 3, verse 23 to 24. The Bible says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Whatever you do, God is talking here to slaves who are working for masters, some of them bad masters. So some of you may be at work or wherever you are, the Bible is saying whatsoever you do, even in the house of God, even if you are cooking for your children, you are washing, whatsoever you do, do as unto the Lord. Because if you put your mind, it's a mindset, if you set your mind that what I'm doing raising my kids, I am doing it for the Lord. What I'm doing serving my husband, I'm doing it for the Lord. What I'm doing serving in the house of God, I'm doing it for the Lord. If you have that kind of attitude, the Bible says you indeed serve the Lord Christ. So you end up serving him the rest of your life no matter what you do. You never spend a minute doing something for somebody else. That's why in the house of God, have a mindset. Serve God, don't serve a person. Because if you serve a person and the person doesn't acknowledge you, you have trouble there. And indeed, that the reward will either come from God or from the person. You have to choose yourself. Be selfless and do things as unto the Lord. And the Bible says if you have an attitude and you think that what I'm doing, I'm doing for the Lord, then you are indeed doing for the Lord. You just need to think that way. Are you hearing me, somebody? And if you think in your mind I'm doing it for someone, you are indeed doing it for the someone. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Number two, do what God says when you do them, you do them for him. Do you know there are verses in the Bible that say that when you do this, you are doing it for me. Let me show you quickly, just Matthew 25, 34. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 25, 34. Matthew 25, 34. It says in verse 35, I was hungry and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. And then on verse 40, 39. People are asking, when were you sick or in prison that we came to you? And the king shall answer and say unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it for me. Invest things, invest your life in doing things for people. If somebody is sick, he says, for the least of these brethren in the house of God, somebody is not well, go visit them. Somebody needs something, give it to them. If you do anything that God says you are doing it as unto him, then you have your reward with God in heaven. And lastly, do things always where God says he sees. So God says when you pray in secret, God is seeing you in secret. He says it's not always about being before people. And he says your attitude should be not to be seen of men. God hates anybody who does things that are seen by men. He says that they already have their reward. He says, but you, when you pray, close your door in your closet and pray to the God who sees you in secret. So you can be on your knees praying for this church. Lord, I'm praying today. I'm fasting for Streams International Church. Oh, I'm praying for my sister. I have heard they have this issue. Sometimes you don't even have to tell them. Your God who sees in secret, the Bible says he sees. So invest your time on things that God says he sees those things. He talked about giving. There is some type of giving that you don't need to tell anybody I've done it. Let me finish by telling you this testimony. I remember, um, this was still back in Malawi when I was in this church that I was in. The Lord, I said, what do I do that I invest for my future? So I was working a very good job at that time. I've told you I was a lecturer and I was traveling the world. I've been to Greece. I've been to Sweden. I've been to the UN, to Geneva. I've been all over Africa. Don't talk. I've been to the UK. I've been all of these places on that my job. Are you hearing me? Speaking at seminars, not just sitting down there. I've done all that. And so I would get a consultancy and I'd be paid in US dollars and uh, in Malawi. So you people who come from such kind of places, you understand. If I'm being paid in U.S. dollars, it converts to a lot of money. The first time I did that consultancy, just coming out of the blue to me, I got so much money, my God. My head was even spinning. I'm like, what am I going to do with this money? I was quite young. I was in my 20s, remember, when I was lecturing there. And Papa was here. I was back at home with um, Merari. So I'm thinking, what am I going to do with this money? The Lord said, make an investment for your future. Go give it to your man of God. And I find it hard to share such testimonies because I'm not saying that bring the money to me, to us, to whatever. Uh -uh, I'm just showing you what I did myself. Because you people give big time. Don't even think that's where I'm going. So, I said, okay. But, because I wanted to see what God was going to do out of this. I decided that he will not know it's me who has given him that money. And I don't even know whether anybody had ever given him such amount of money. I called here my husband, and I told him, that money, I'm just going to give it because I want it to count. I can't think what I'm going to do with it. That is going to last. But I want that money to last, so I'm going to give it. So I found his account number from somewhere. And I wrote on the thing unknown. I went to deposit it myself, the cash. So there is nowhere way is going to know where did it come from. I didn't put my name there, I put unknown. I taught the bank, it's unknown. You can take my details in case you want to follow this money where I got it from, but I'm a lecturer with the reputation was very good. The, the institution was very huge. It was the institution that made that town, the town was that particular university. So you can get me wherever you want, if you want my details, but don't put on this thing. And up to today, He doesn't know I am the one who gave him that money. But the way God opened doors, I said, the way God opened. Until today, God reminds me do you remember the money you gave? When I was leaving uh, uh, Malawi, coming here when we were relocating, I had a beautiful couch. Beautiful couch. The ones that I've got, that I've got timber around it and so on. And then it's also got cushion. Beautiful. I even imported it. I didn't buy it in Malawi. Well, I, Papa did, not me, so. But, yes, it was an imported one. Okay? So, I said, if I sell this couch, uh, the money will get finished very quickly. I want to make an investment. I took that couch. I took it to his house. He had a tattered couch, my, my pastor. I took the couch. Because he said he he, he to me, um, if you are selling that couch, I, God had already told me. So they said, if you are selling that couch, but I will just be paying you slowly. I said, don't worry. You come and pick it up on this day. People were coming to pick things up, some of the things I was selling. So I just told him, you know what, just take it. He said, no, I can't just take it. I need to pay. I said, no. Just pray for me. I knelt down. He prayed for me. (coughs) Do you know what happened? Let me not talk of all the doors that happened. But let me tell you that when I was coming here to Sydney, the couch that people gave me is exactly except for the (laughs) color. Are you hearing me, somebody? It was given to me. I didn't buy the couch that is in my house. And God reminded me, said, do you remember your couch? Because at that point, I didn't know I was going to be in full-time ministry. And I'll be relocating and I'll be looking for furniture. I didn't know. I told you, I totally refused to be in full-time ministry. Because every woman of God that I knew, a pastor's wife, was being slandered in the church. I never saw one woman of God, a pastor that people loved when I was growing up. No. They always said she's the one that causes trouble. And they loved the pastor. it's true all my life that's what was modeled but i saw these women they were doing nothing wrong and i was just a child in my teenagers but everywhere i went believe you me well some of them were really causing trouble but not all of them right okay not all of them but some of them i'll admit i was like oh, okay this is legit <laughs> But I never saw a good example. There was no one I was, it was not the life I was looking forward to. So giving to a man of God wasn't something I was looking for that one day somebody will give to me. No. But God reminded me, said, take the photo of your couch that you gave to your man of God. Are you hearing me, somebody? And my pastor until today remembers me as the lady who gave us their couch when they were living. The prayer he prayed for me that day, I'll never forget. Are you hearing me, somebody? The church did not know I gave it to him. They thought he paid for it. The things you do between you and God, you put God in a corner. And you do it as unto the Lord. And they keep paying dividends. They keep paying dividends. So sometimes when you are being blessed so much, people may not know where it's coming from. Are you hearing me, somebody? I am saying this to your life, that you will be blessed for what you have done for God in your life. And you know, when they were, when they were playing the, the, the chauffeur here, I knew that it's a new day for your life. I knew it's a new day for my life as well. All the things that you have given to God, God will give them back to you. You have not wasted any of the things you have given to God. The prayers you have prayed, what you have been doing, praying, fasting, the Bible says when you do those things, the Bible says that God who sees in secret is rewarding you openly right now. I said it's time for your reward. It's time for your reward. These things that I'm talking about are not things you don't do. They are things you do. You give to God and you give and nobody knows you've given. You give your time, you give your money, you give your talent and nobody knows you have done it. But there is a day when my God opens doors, I'm telling you. I have seen it in my life, I'm a testimony. And that same God who has opened doors for me is opening doors for you in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to rise up on your feet. And I want us to pray. We believe you
0: have been blessed by this inspiring message from the heart of our Lord. Do not miss our next conference. For more information, visit www.streams.org.au or call 1300 361 971. Keep radiating the love of Jesus to the world.